Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Growing up, there was a period of quite a number of years where I enjoyed lessons much more than I enjoyed practicing. After all, practicing was always frustrating and unpredictable. I never knew if it was going to be a good practice day where I improved and sounded better, or one of those bad practice days where nothing seemed to work. Whereas in lessons, my teacher always seemed to be able to coax a higher level of playing out of me, and I'd usually leave lessons feeling much more encouraged and optimistic about my playing. At the time, it seemed like one of those mysterious qualities that made teachers teachers and students students. Even though my teacher made it clear to me from an early age that her goal was to help me learn how to teach myself, and that this was something she fully expected me to get better at doing from week to week as I continued my violin studies. But how exactly are we supposed to do this? Well, it turns out that there's a whole area of research devoted to learning how to learn, and I think there's quite a bit we can learn from one particular basketball study. A group of researchers recruited 50 college students to participate in a study about learning how to shoot free throws. Everyone started out with 10 shots to establish their baseline level of shooting skill. And since none of them had any real previous basketball experience, it wasn't pretty. But then they were randomly divided into five different groups. The participants were all given a quick 10-minute coaching session on correct free throw shooting technique and form. So everyone started out with a basic understanding of the mechanics involved the correct stance, how to hold the ball, how to aim and align their shot, execute and follow through, and so on. Then, three of the groups received additional instructions, not on shooting technique, but on how to practice. One group learned a three-phase practice process in which they were asked to, one, set process goals before each shot attempt, where they were encouraged to focus on the essential technical components of a successful shot, like their stance, their grip, keeping their elbow in, and so on instead of focusing on their shooting performance. They were also asked to, number two, engage in self-monitoring or self-recording, to basically monitor their use of these shooting strategies as they were executing the free throw, and to pay attention to what their body was doing as they shot a free throw, like were they in fact bending their knees or following through with their shooting hand and so forth. Lastly, they were instructed to, number three, engage in strategic reflection immediately following each free throw. 
basically to consider A, what happened, like was my shot too far to the right or to the left? Was it short or long? To also consider B, why that happened, like, oh, whoops, I forgot to keep my elbow pointed at the basket. And C, to make adjustments to their technique for the next shot, like, okay, I got to keep my elbow in this time. Another group was taught a two-phase process, and this group only received instructions on how to set process goals before each free throw and engage in self-monitoring during the free throw. They did not learn how to do the strategic reflection after each free throw. And then the third group was taught a one-phase process. They only learned how to set process goals before free throws, not the other two aspects of practice. And then there were two control groups. One was a practice-only group, which just practiced shooting free throws with no guidance or instructions on how to practice. And then the other was a no-practice group, and they just didn't practice free throws at all. After 12 minutes of practice, the students shot 10 more free throws to see if there were any improvements in their shooting performance from before. Any guesses as to which group did best? Well, when it came to shooting performance, the three-phase and two-phase groups performed better on the post-practice shooting test than the one-phase group, or the practice-only group, and of course, the no-practice group. Admittedly, it's not like they were suddenly shooting the lights out, but after just 12 minutes of practice, there's already a statistically significant difference in their level of performance. Which is pretty cool in and of itself, but what I think might be even more notable is what happened during their practice session, after poor shots. So the three-phase and two-phase groups demonstrated a far greater ability to rebound from bad shots than the other groups. Specifically, they were much better at correcting and improving their performance on the shot immediately after a miss. While the three- and two-phase participants got a higher score on their next shot attempt 65 and 66% of the time, the one-phase and practice-only groups got a higher score on their next shot attempt only 43 and 40% of the time. Because of the extra time it took to go through the self-coaching process, the three-phase and two-phase groups actually took much fewer shots than the one-phase and regular practice groups. The three-phasers only took 21 shots in those 12 minutes of practice, while the two-phasers only got in 30 attempts, whereas the one-phasers took 51 shots and the regular practicers took a whopping 56 shots in 12 minutes. To me, this suggests that when practicing, the most important factor is not so much the number of repetitions we put in, but the mental process that we go through before, during, and after each repetition, which technically are referred to as the forethought phase, the performance phase, and the self-reflection phase by the authors of the study. Or as somebody on the internet once said, quote, we do not learn from experience, we learn from reflecting on experience. So this week, Try thinking less about maximizing the number of repetitions you put into working on a tricky passage, but experiment with being more reflective with the three-phase self-coaching model. Step one again is to plan, as in, what do I want this to sound like? What tactical strategies will I utilize? And then step two, being to self-monitor during your next attempt, as in, hmm, am I actually lifting up with my left hand and releasing my thumb before the shift, or am I tight? And step three being to reflect and strategize for the next one. As in, okay, how'd that work out? Was the shift in tune? If not, why wasn't it? What adjustments do I need to make to make it in tune the next time? As you could probably guess, I was totally in that non-self-reflecting 56 repetitions in 12 minutes group for most of my life. 
So I didn't have a ton of confidence or trust in how things would go on stage, and I felt quite a bit of negativity around practicing too. Because no matter how many repetitions I put in, things were frustratingly hit or miss in performance. But I just didn't really know what else to do. So when I began using more effective practice strategies and started to work more on the mental side of performing, it was pretty empowering to see how the work I was doing actually began to stick from one day to the next. And kind of awesome to see the gains I heard in the practice room ultimately make their way to the stage as well. Which made practicing more fun, believe it or not, and performing as well. If you can relate to some of this sort of practice performance frustration and would love to explore this particular self-coaching strategy and other related concepts even further with a bit of guidance and accountability alongside a cohort of fellow learners to feel a little more supported in your daily practice, you might be interested in the live online four-week class that I'll be teaching starting next Saturday, March 19th. We're going to meet via Zoom and try out various research-based strategies for being more effective in the practice room and also experiment with techniques for managing nerves, getting into the zone, and playing with more confidence on stage. Registration ends tonight, that is Sunday, March 13th. So if you're interested, you can get all the details and sign up at bulletproofmusician.com learners. Thank you.